0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We have three things going on today, three segments of the show. The first segment is going to be uh, talking about the VFW demanding an apology from President Trump for his comments on the head injuries suffered by our troops over in Iraq from the Iranian missile attack. Our second segment will be from um, out of the news with the state of Michigan with their hand the House Bill 5320 where they're asking a ban on National Guard troop deployments from their states without congressional approval. And we'll get into the, a basic synopsis of that bill and uh, get your responses on that. And segment three is going to be the fun part for all of us. Uh, that's where I'm going to ask for commentary from everybody and see what they say about President Trump's comments, about the head injuries, how they feel about that. I'll give you my viewpoint and my opinion on those. Please join me getting into this. We'll we'll start this right after, the, right after the little commercial break here.
1: Since the VFW was founded, their mission was really to look out for the veterans community, to make sure that our nation upholds its promise, to really care for the service member, the veteran and his or her family. There are several ways that the VFW fights for veterans today the top services include disability claims assistance advocacy on capitol hill and with the department of veterans affairs we also offer scholarship opportunities and then also volunteerism for me personally when i came back from iraq my life experience was drastically different from those around me and the veterans of foreign wars really spoke to me the reason i would encourage veterans who have served overseas today to join the VFW is because this is your organization. The VFW is for veterans. Every generation, a new generation of leaders steps up in the veterans of foreign wars and fights for the veterans community.
2: The veterans of foreign wars. No one does more for veterans.
0: All right, and we're back. Quick little ad there for the VFW, for those of you who might be familiar with that. Uh, veterans of Foreign Wars family members, both men and women, uh, can join the auxiliary to help support the veterans across the United States and across the globe. They are in all the foreign countries that we're based in, and they do have representation there. They help us out with a lot of VA issues and a lot of legislative issues. All right, going into our first topic for this morning, that uh, VFW is demanding an apology from President Trump for his comments on the troops' head injuries. They insist it minimized the injuries to U.S. troops stationed uh, at an Iraq Air Base when Iranian missile struck earlier this month. Um, I did go through. I, I've listened repeatedly to the comments that he made. And uh, he was told that, you know, the troops were suffering headaches. That was the information he was given. Standard headaches are, you know, they're usually not major unless they're migraines. And they, from what I'm gathering, from everything I've looked up, it's not, they have, weren't described as such. Of course, the military addresses them as being TBI. For those who don't know what TBI is, TBI is traumatic brain injury, uh, usually caused by impact, concussion, things of that nature, uh, especially with the explosion of rockets. It kind of rattles the brain around inside the skull, and it can bruise it and cause bleeding, things of that nature. The initial information we got on it, of course, everybody knows they said there were no injuries, and then a week later, yeah, now we've got head injuries there sometimes it takes a minute for those to show themselves to bring themselves out a- as a problem i can speak to this i've had that issue before it wasn't that severe it just kind of made you a little dizzy but you don't realize it's going on until after the adrenaline's calmed down and uh, the action is no longer taking place and then it's like hey you know my head hurts but these are like i said. 34 U.S. troops now, you know, have suffered a traumatic brain injury as a result of those retaliatory strikes. Me personally, listening to everything that was going on, how the initial information came out, and how President Trump himself described it in his comments, I don't think the man was fully aware of how serious it was, what the level of injury is. Uh, and to be quite honest, we don't either. They're not going to release that kind of information out to us. Uh, They've got laws and rules they've got to follow. You know, HIPAA violations don't want to be incurred. And those of you that are out there in the medical community know about this, unless those individuals release that information. Do I think he should have addressed it differently? Yes, most definitely should have addressed it differently. Get a little more information before you make comments. Where the comment was made was made in Davos, Sweden, where he was at a, a conference there. And it was an off-the-wall question. To me, I don't feel it was appropriate to have that, com- that question there and Davos. He's there for an economic-type summit. And unfortunately, your mainstream media is going to go in there and going to ask you know try to blindside you with things you may not know about. I'm not trying to be totally in his defense, but there's a time and a place for certain questions. If I was to be asked that in the middle, if say, if I'm doing my show here on something totally different, and boom, you hit me with that question, I'm going to need a little bit of time to make sure I get my answer together and not... Of course, we know presidents, re, President Trump's real good at speaking off the cuff. Sometimes it makes the hair on my neck stand up. But in this instance, it was he made a quick response, wasn't well researched. My biggest, biggest suggestion to President Trump is please think through before we make answers on some of this stuff. But, yeah, that uh, they talked to a Pentagon spokesman. I'm getting this from Newsmax. Um, John Hoffman said that 34... With TBI. 18 were evacuated from Iraq to U.S. medical facilities in Germany and Kuwait. Other 16 stayed in Iraq, which means they weren't that serious or severe, so they were able to go ahead back to duty. Uh, 17 of the 18 evacuees were sent to Germany, and 9 still remain there. The other 8, other eight have already been transported back to the United States for continued treatment, which means they're, they're in pretty good shape, uh, so they can be treated back here. the One American sent to Kuwait has since returned to duty. And all 16 of those were diagnosed and remained at Iraq have returned to duty. So, yes, they did suffer a TBI, but it was very mild. They're able to return back to duty with uh, little to no uh, repercussions of that injury. For those who don't know, you know, TBIs can range from light concussion to more severe severe injuries that include headaches, dizziness, sensitivity to light, restlessness, nausea, all kinds of different things. So. In this instance here, again, I'll restate, he should have been a little more careful about the words that he chose for that. And I feel his advisors, uh, or his handlers as some people call them, should have better informed him of what was going on so he understood the level of uh, severity with these TBIs or how, how severe they can get to be. Uh, with that being said, Mr. President, please watch what you're saying out there. I've been told time and time again, be careful what you're saying. But from my viewpoint, and this is just my opinion, we're doing good. Our troops are doing good. Those that need to come back home are coming back home. VFW, demanding a, an apology. I don't really see where we need an apology for him for making these statements. He based it on the information he had at that point in time. I don't feel listening to those comments, he was trying to minimalize it. Uh, He was just going based on the information that he had. So there we kind of need to get with our Pentagon officials and say, hey, let's make sure he's better informed of what's going on. After the break, we'll go on to our next segment, which is going to be on the state of Michigan's bill to ban National Guard troop deployments. So just kind of hang with me, and we'll go from there.
2: On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a nonprofit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again, are giving much needed support to injured warriors and veterans' hospitals because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project, we never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at woundedwarriorproject.org. All
0: right, and we're back. The Wounded Warrior Project is an outstanding organization. They're a good organization. They've got good programs out there, and I highly encourage my listeners and my viewers to, to please support the Wounded Warrior Project, help out our warriors who've uh, paid some pretty high prices to, to defend our freedoms. Okay, and on to the Michigan bill. This is Michigan House Bill 5320. Basically, it would ban unconstitutional National Guard deployments, and what they're asking for, in a nutshell, is that their National Guard troops and their home station not go anywhere unless Congress specifically approves that deployment. Now, there's, there's many viewpoints on this. Some people say, yeah, those troops need to stay at home. These guys got in there for educational benefits and uh, to support their state at home and yada, yada, yada. Great. Now, that being said, These ladies and gentlemen, men and women that signed those contracts, signed a contract with the United States Army and the National Guard. They're getting their benefits. Okay? But they have a duty to state and country to provide our defense and protection. Okay? I'm National Guard. I've deployed two times with the National Guard. I have no qualms with doing that. Now, have we been overused and abused? Yes. Anywhere from 60 to, or excuse me, from 40 to 60 percent of the personnel that are deployed are National Guard personnel. This is a black and white fact. Big Army, DOD, the Pentagon, everybody's admitted this. We've been a mainstay in providing personnel to our combat rotations uh, overseas, so we're we're needed. And in that same view, or in that same vein. When we do these deployments, we're getting additional monies brought into the states. We're getting a valuable training, uh, valuable experiences that can be brought back to the states to be used for their state missions. For aviation, they're getting the aircraft hours. The pilots are getting their time in to be experienced in these aircraft. Their air crews, their crew chiefs, medics, uh, and whatnot, are getting time in those uh, those particular models of aircraft that they fly. Uh, when your tankers are getting time in their their assigned vehicles um, to be able to do their job same way with your infantry troops, same way with your MPs any of the MOS's or military occupational specialties across the National Guard to include the Air National Guard with their large airframes, they're getting valuable experience and knowledge while they're doing this some of you out there are probably saying well they're still in a combat zone that's their job whether you really like it or not that's their job that's how we're trained. That's what we're stood up for. Yes, we have a state responsibility and a state duty, and we still take care of those duties. You know, we we take care of the emergency responses at home. The DOD and Pentagon do a as best a job as they can to make sure they've got plenty of people staying behind. What we need to do is take a look at our state command structures and our state political structures and see how they're handling that money that's given to them, how they're handling the personnel that are in their states. In some points, I can agree with their bill. Let's slow down on all this stuff. There's things We can get into other issues and other subjects uh, the deploy, involving the deployments of National Guard troops and reservists and even our active duty troops. But that's for another day. Uh, we won't get into those. This bill is actually sponsored by Uh, two Republicans, two Democrats uh, in the Michigan House. Um, The lead on this is Representative Steve Johnson. He's a Republican from Wayland, Michigan. Uh, He joined the U.S. Air Force in 2009. He served for four years uh, working on nuclear missile missile electronics in Montana. Um, So he has some knowledge of the military operations. The legislation would prohibit the deployment of Michigan Guard troops in active duty combat, unless there was a declaration of war from Congress, as required by the Constitution. Um, basically, it reads in part: "Michigan National Guard. And any member of the Michigan National Guard shall not be released from this state to any into active duty combat unless the United States Congress has passed an official declaration of war, or has taken an official action under Clause 15 of Section 8 of Article 1 of the Constitution of the United States." Somebody out there is going. Well, this just applies to the state of Michigan. Here's the reason I bring up Michigan's House Bill. This can wind up going to other states. When that happens, we've reduced the manpower and effectiveness of our our armed forces. You've stripped them of a valuable reserve asset. We can't do that to our military. We've done that before, and it hurt, and we had to rebuild. Now, everybody says, well, the National Guard doesn't deploy isn't supposed to deploy all that much let me fill you in on a little historical fact the national guard is your original oldest military unit in the country we were the first ones we were your citizen soldiers we were the ones that started with the revolution we have been involved in every combat action and operation in the united states that we've ever been involved with So we're always there. We've always been there. We've done a very good job, an extremely good job. We've got some of the highest awards in the country for our valor and our performances. So do I see a need in this in stripping this asset? No, I don't see this. Do I see we need to make a reduction in the continuous deployment of National Guard troops? Yes we are affecting the state missions and the state capabilities but i also see that we need to start looking at how these states are managing their troops you know their joint forces headquarters and their military liaisons in each one of these states and have more input to the pentagon as to how many we're we're letting go we have federalized reserve troops yes there is a difference between reserve and national guard uh... reserves are federal national guard are state-run until they're federalized by the federal government. Okay? We need to start putting more of the burden on the reserves. They are federalized already. They don't have to go through all the murder war that we go to getting stood up. We need to bring some more of these assets the National Guard currently has back into the reserve. Um, Just a guesstimate. I don't have the numbers. I I would get those for you if you'd like them. But we need to some of these assets we've got in the National Guard, we need to bring those into the reserves too. That way we can start letting some of our National Guard guys take a rest. I've met some of them that's been deployed five and six times in the Guard. And then on the same hand, I've met a reservist that's never left the country. So that being said, back on here with the Michigan uh, House bill. Um, I do see this uh, could possibly gain traction. Now, as of today at 9 o'clock in the morning, the House bill's been introduced. Uh, it has not been fully passed by the Senate of the House in the state of Michigan. It Right now it's sitting in a government operations committee, and I will keep you up to date as to how much traction this bill actually makes in the state of Michigan. And just And as I find out from the other states what they have going on, we'll bring that up too. But for the most part, we need to look closely at when they start passing these kind of bills, restricting the operations of our National Guard troops and make sure that it's justified and it's applied evenly across the board. All right, we're going to go into another break here, uh, just a quick commercial, and then we'll get on to the free-for-all where you guys can make your comments and I'll respond to it And um, um, in reference to President Trump's comments on head injuries. So hang tight with me here, and uh, we'll be right back with you after the break.
2: Hi, I'm Lindsay Sterling, and I know what it's like to struggle with mental health issues. If you have a friend that's going through a tough time, now's the perfect moment to reach out. Learn how to start the conversation at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation.
0: All right, a little PSA there for suicide prevention. Um, that was, for those who like to watch pentatonics and some of that, that was Lindsay Sterling, a violin player, fiddle player, however you want to describe her. Outstanding artist, musical artist, and she's uh, encouraging everybody to get involved with suicide prevention. So, all right, now it's time for our free-for-all. What are your thoughts on what's going on with this stuff here? As far as President Trump's comments, um, I've expressed mine. I feel that he was misinformed, wasn't sure of what was exactly going on with TBI. I kind of blame his commentary on his handlers and his advisors. If, when he gets a question like that off the cuff from main, mainstream media, it's kind of like catching a cat in a corner, and he's going to try to fight, and he's going to give you a response that he can do immediately. The original description I read that was given was that there were some mild headaches and things of that nature, and there was only 11 troops at that point in time. Now there's 34 troops. And of course, we, all, we went into that where a, a good portion of those are back to duty in Iraq. I really think the whole thing with the VFW wanting an apology and President Trump making off-the-cuff comment, you know, minimalizing the head injuries. Come on, VFW. uh, Stick within your realm here. I don't really see we need an apology from the president. Uh, What I see we need from him is, hey, I was not fully informed of what's going on. And we'll make, we'll restate this. Uh, and I see from the mainstream media, they need to quit, quit doing these I got you type things because all you do is get misinformation. Uh, you get false things coming out and then you, you run with it. Particularly question come from CBS. Um, I'm not going to get into the commentary about what they call them, uh, but most of them out there listening know what they call them. Do I continually support my, pre- or excuse me, let me restate that. Do I continue? till they su- defend what president does? No. There's things that make me cringe when he gets out there. But I do support all the, the good things that he's done. Uh, this instance, he had a gotcha moment. He, he did make it sound like it was minimalized. But all he said was, I have heard they weren't that bad. Of course, later on the information comes out that we've got some a few more serious, but it, it really wasn't as bad as it could have been. And they were warned hours ahead of time that these rockets were coming in. So it's kind of a catch-22, damned if you do and damned if you don't. You respond to the question as best you can. Go with what you're told, and now you're vilified for making that statement. Uh, to me, I don't see where there's any research done by these individuals that asked the question as to how extensive it was and that they didn't give him the opportunity to try to correct it or to take the answer and say, okay this is what he said and this is what we found out and they're just going to do anything they can to, uh, to to vilify him sometimes I really get tired of the uh, the constant attacks on everything under the sun uh, some of it's absolutely ludicrous people have asked me to comment on the impeachment I will not do that that's getting so much airplay on all your different uh, venues and media outlets I'm staying out of it uh, I'm not gonna bring it on my show just I'll mention in this this vein let you know why I'm not saying anything about it but when it's things to do with our troops and what the veter- and our veterans and things of thing nature I will say something about it here an organization I belong to demanding an apology for something that was It was a comment that was made. I don't believe it was intentional. Let's move on. We have other things that we need to take care of. There's legislation that the VFW needs to to work on getting through, such as what we've already worked on with the uh, widow's tax has been axed. Various different things like that. I'm not prepared to get into all those. Uh, Mainstream media needs to be held accountable for their uh, gotcha moments and their um, absolutely ludicrous way they're reporting on this administration. They've even gotten so far now where they're attacking the the parties that they do support. So I think our media has gotten out of hand. Do I want to see them censored? No. I don't ever want to see that. That's a violation of our, our rights. We don't want to do that. It's a violation of freedom of the press. But they need to start self-policing and start getting back to honest, good journalism, what we were used to seeing investigate and find the truth all the organizations BFW included quit getting caught up in it it's time to move on all right well that's about all i have to say on it i haven't had a whole lot of response those of you out there that are listening invite your friends and stuff to come on if you like my show if you like what i'm bringing out what i'm trying to do again this is all new for me uh, it'll get better as we go along it's gotten better since the first show i put out so please bring them on board have them join up uh, send me an email at vfamm2020 at gmail.com or come on view from Military Mind Facebook page and uh, I'll entertain everything you've got going on. I welcome both sides of viewpoints, both progressive, liberal, conservative, middle of the road, independent. Doesn't matter what your ilk is, bring the comment in here. Make sure you back it up with facts. And you're honest. Uh, I won't entertain arguments and fights on here. And it's not what this is for. It's supposed to be where we can express our viewpoints and be adults about it. So, from North Alabama in Huntsville, I thank you for joining me. Have a good afternoon. And we will see you next weekend on the next episode of View from a Military Mind. Thank you for joining me. Have a good day. <laughs>